Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin, and with me today, I'm over the moon to have nerves on. So I have all three of the lads. I have Adam, Charlie and Kyle. We discussed over Zoom and it was an absolute pleasure having them. Uh, they were one of those bands that uh, I saw them first and on show playing with God Alone and the second they started playing, I mean like the second I turned to my friend, it was a whoa, <laughs> I got to get these guys on. Um, so we made it happen. Um, over the moon, as I said already. Uh, they're a band from Mayo and Galway. Uh, describe themselves as a post-punk slash noise band. And uh, yeah, we'll be chatting about how the band got started, um, how they developed their sound, how their song League was a turning point for the band, and other s- topics such as performing on a henge, which they did. You can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> it's pretty. Si- it's pretty insane. And uh, what the band are working on now as well. And even Charlie XCX gets a mention too. So I re- really am delighted with how this episode turned out. But um, yeah, I'll stop rambling anyway. I'll get on with the episode. Here's the theme music by Zach Stevens. Alright, we're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I have Kyle, Adam and Charlie with me of the band Nerves. Lads, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to have you. Good, Good to, be to be here. here. Cheers, thanks for having us. No problem. It was it was one of those things, like the first time I saw you guys live was opening for God Alone and uh, in our oh, show actually. Yes. And I, yeah, that show. And I was just like, I've heard tale of this band so many times. And I was like, but I haven't seen them before. So... And I haven't listened to them yet. haven't got around to it. So I was like, let's go. And then the second the note hit, stri- the first note, I was just like, yeah, this is class. <laughs> <laughs> class. That's wow. cool. Like it's, it's a very uh, rowdy gig. <laughs> yeah. On show gigs usually are. On show, our yeah. gigs and on show gigs are, yeah, usually particularly sweaty ones. Um, the last gig we did there was just like borderline dangerous i would say like i think within it was it was it wasn't even borderline it, it wasn't was, borderline. <laughs> it was just straight up like so like uh, within like one or two songs someone had fallen clean over my monitor onto my pedal board knocked about three pedals off oh, knocked the mic stand Christ. as well i think so, it was like, the first song and you're cursed with this as well because every time something like this happens my pedal board is fine nobody ever comes near it and it's always kyle like somebody will fly into it and knock half of it on the floor yeah like someone did it in bundoran as well knocked the, knocked the same three pedals off it as well <laughs> then a dash of whatever water they had in their hands as well just for good measure like <laughs> I have one of the questions here is how would you describe your live shows? I think that sums it up. <laughs> chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Quite chaotic. Um, I think we've all gotten like really good at dealing with stuff going wrong in a live environment because like I don't think we've ever played a show where everything has gone like seamlessly. Yeah. Like we've had like, obviously we've had like loads of shows where we come off and we're just like, yeah, that was class. But it's always just, like, uh, the difference is like, oh, something like, fucked up or something went wrong uh and it was a great thing or something went wrong and it was a bad thing <laughs> uh usually it works out well <laughs> charlie broke is like low so e string you're, day. You're... Like... charlie broke his what sorry just cut out there for a second like broke the lowest string on the bass and it was in the one song where i need all oh, four geez. of the strings at the same time and i was just like well there's nothing i could do about this i've genuinely never seen that happen before like <laughs> <laughs> So the, basically the shows are, uh, we didn't break anything. That's a success. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, sometimes if you break it, it's also a success. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it just depends on the context. <laughs> <laughs> so how how did you guys? Because I know you're from it's Galway and Mayo. You lads are from. Um, yep. So wh- how did the band come about at, the, at its early beginnings? Um, so it was just me and Adam at the start. We met Charlie um, maybe like two or three years after this, but like uh, me and Adam, uh, we've we've known each other since we were eleven. We were in the same school together. Um, and we kind of like picked up our instruments around the same time. Like Adam was playing piano before that. So Adam actually had a bit of musicality, but like I, uh, he, he started playing drums around the same time that I, he just uh, kissed his guns. If anybody can't see, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of went to, and then I realized what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Oh it's yeah. I mean, thank God there's not going to be no video for this podcast. <laughs> and then he's just complete called you out there. Um, yeah, uh, Adam started playing drums at the same time that I got my first guitar. So it was kind of like a natural thing where we were just like, hey, let's just start playing together and messing around in your attic. And like, it was very, very unproductive for the oh, first while. Right. <laughs> um, like we had uh, another band, I'm going to say in quotation marks now, because it was mostly just like us getting into Adam's attic and like making completely unlistenable noises at each other for like a couple of hours and With then going our separate ways just vocally? <laughs> both <laughs> um <laughs> then like uh that kind of like fizzled out that kind of band and um i i was just doing guitar in that but then like um in the interim period i'd started like writing some of my own songs and i was kind of like um hesitant to get anyone else to sing them because like i mostly just because i didn't want anyone else seeing my lyrics so i was like well if i i was like if i sing them then like no one needs to know (laughs) uh (laughs) so me and adam started like playing together in the attic then uh, a while afterwards um and i kind of i was actually only talking to him about this earlier on about how i basically ambushed him with our first gig What? explain (laughs) um so like there was this uh woman who was working in the school she um she like was part of like the town council or whatever they like put on a festival towards the end of summer every year and she knew that i played music um so she came up to me and was asking oh do you have a band do you want to play like this gig at the end of summer like we had no songs we hadn't done any like covers or anything like that and i would we had vaguely we had two songs and then i was just like yeah so I came up to Adam about five minutes later. I was like, Adam, we have a gig. And he was like, we have a band? <laughs> uh, and and how satisfied were you with that, Adam, with that happening? I mean, it, it, like, we played the gig. So, like, we, we oh, got yeah, we're fair enough. It worked out. We're still here, man. We didn't actually have, like, properly have a basis at the time. It was still mostly just me and Kyle. And, like, yeah. this lad, who uh, one of our old friends, Ryan, like, was kind of playing the bass. And he'd been to, like, two rehearsals with us where we... Yeah, that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Did it go well? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like a, fair, like, a first gig in front of, like, your entire town, it went mm. as well as you can expect. Got my uh, brother to do a little feature on a cover of Mona Lisa Smile by Wolfhouse, and he it was his also his first gig. He was very, very nervous. <laughs> Mona Lisa Smile by... Wolf Alice. Pardon? Wolf Alice. Oh, nice, 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 nice. I was thinking of it was the one by um, Dead Sarah. I think they have a song called Mona Lisa Smile as well. I was like, okay. I don't think a Dead Sarah song would have worked with the nerves, but nervous <laughs> music. Yeah, I mean, like, when you think of it now, I'm not even entirely sure, like, Wolf Alice is what, like, music would, but, like... <laughs> what what were the actual earliest music influences of all of you? Just out of curiosity. Um, Like, as in, like, for the band or, like, for individually, like, when we started listening to music, do you mean? I'd say individually, yeah. Uh... 
Who wants to go first? <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> mine, mine was Akon and Eminem. If, if that, if that narrows it. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that eases you in a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We were talking about this in the studio the last day as well about like kind of like our early forays into actually being into music. And like I remember, mm-hmm. I was saying to the lads like, uh, like when I was like. 11 or 12 I would have been you know listening to obviously like the chart radio kind of stuff like most kids that age are mm. and um my parents are like quite into music so they uh I think they saw this going on and they were like at some point they were like nah this isn't gonna cut it <laughs> so I remember my mom kind of like sitting me down one of the days and just going through her like record collection and her iTunes and stuff like that playing me loads of like um like Rolling Stones and Art and Monkeys and like Bob Dylan and stuff like that and like after that I kind of I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm a rock kid. I like guitar. I like guitars, man. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So, yeah, I don't know. Like, around that age, I started listening to more, like, um, alternative rock, I suppose, kind of stuff. Um, The the first bands that I actually found, like, by myself that I was, like, really obsessed with was probably Nirvana, which is, like... Mm. It's a pretty good one, to be honest. Yeah, it's a fairly typical answer, but it's solid, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was, like... I, it was similar in that, like, I didn't uh, have any taste apart from being like, I really like Coldplay <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> and then when I was a teenager, like, I got into, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers because I was like, everyone was playing that in secondary school. And then I, you know, grew up <laughs> a bit and got into Avenged <laughs> Sevenfold. And then I grew up more and then eventually moved into, like, what was the first big one? I think it was actually Gilliband was the one. When they were a girl band, yeah. Like when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I remember seeing and hearing the video for Lawman and kind of just having like my head blown open because I was just like, I didn't even know you can make music like this. <laughs> just completely <laughs> like, like everything that I'd known about music was just like the whole rule book was just thrown aside, and it was like this whole fresh thing. Yeah, um, I think that was like really formative for me, anyways, especially in the context of our band, like in terms of being like, oh, you can just like not do what you're meant to do yeah at all yeah. you could just ignore every rule that there is Gilliban were a funny one because i remember like after i started getting into nirvana i started getting into a lot more like metal kind of music and like i very quickly went from like kind of emo-ish kind of like uh bring me the horizon kind of metal and when within a few months i'd gone to like the as far as you can push it like i was listening to like experimental <laughs> grindcore like completely i think i had the same trajectory stuff. as you then yeah Mine was all emo stuff and then suddenly i discovered death heaven i was like what the yeah, fuck yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, i i was listening to a lot of that stuff and then started like diving off into just more like indie like because uh, I, I kind of reached the top of the mountain so i had to cut, walk back down again <laughs> but i even after all that like mental music that i'd listened to i heard gilliband for the first time and i was like what? <laughs> okay, like, what? Are a different beast. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? And Adam, what about yourself? Um, so like, my older brothers like had a big influence on me when I was growing up. So I always like listen to like just pop punk and like metal and whatever. I didn't know what genres were, but when I was a kid, my brother <laughs> would just give me his old MP3 when he got a new one, and I would listen to what whatever was on it. So it'd be like Green Day, some Forty One. And then like some weird obscure metal bands like something called Manticora, just like awful, terrible Manticora. stuff. Manticora. <laughs> <laughs> but then. Yeah, then I actually started listening to my own music. Like, uh, I suppose I got into and so I watch you from afar. Great band. Um, That's so such like, a yeah. solid band to say that you yeah, got that yeah. first, that, isn't that it? That was another one that my brother put me on to, but like, I got really into them. <laughs> like, I actually started delving into it. That's great, though. I mean, yeah. so, like, I feel like I have a tainted relationship with, like, 
toxic men in the music <laughs> I listened to as a teenager. It's just like every single band was just full of assholes. Yeah. They seem like just yeah, yeah like guys. you you and me probably get this like 90 percent of the fucking emo music we would have listened to back in the day is like oh you look back and oh. you're like oh well see God. i i have a special yeah. kind of reminder in that you can probably see the cds behind me i collect C- collected cds i still have all of them yeah so that over there is from the age of 11 to 18 and then the ones over there are from after that and so going through the 11 to 18 ones every so often you just go oh jesus christ it's just, some of this is so bad yeah <laughs> so bad every once in a while um, i like flick down nice like, really fire in my spotify just to see what i was listening to back in the day and i'm just like ooh, can't look at that anymore go jesus to your first liked song <laughs> my, my first liked song on spotify is veil of mikasa by um oh what are they called or no it's Mikasa by Vela Maya oh god which if you Vela don't Maya, know yeah, are they're like, like a metalcore band yeah they're, they're like an experimental band. metalcore band and they're also mm. shit <laughs> 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 they have really cool album artwork though they that's do. the really I annoying I do that, remember yeah. that I think I listened to Vela Maya for a bit as well yeah, actually yeah. so yeah. I think around the time like the band starting up though like our influences would have been like Drench Royal Blood yeah so, yeah, yeah we Wolf listened Wolf Alice a bit yeah. those were incidentally the th- like three of the bands that we covered at our first gig yeah. I was like really heavily into Drenge at the time uh, I don't do you know oh, that Drenge band I like Drenge yeah mm. yeah like the, I think it, like that second album Undertow had just come out and like I was just like yeah. it was at first in the band before we got like the first bassist Ryan and it was just me and Adam so it was like the two piece like Drenge were uh, when they started out so I was like this works this makes sense i like heavy <laughs> kind of like you know grungy kind of riffs and stuff so we were just kind of mm-hmm. aping them for a little bit um, i only need one finger to play riffs and drop d <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it was very at, at, at first to live by yeah. <laughs> at, at first it was very like um indie-ish with like a slight kind of punk twist i suppose like most of the nerve stuff i remember mm. someone saying to me once like that some of our like really early songs were kind of like Joy Division-esque or like The Cure-esque but like I fully like the Joy Division influence in particular I fully put that down to me just being a really bad guitar player at the time because <laughs> <laughs> I do have I have a question here about about because was it Face was Faces the first single that you released? Yeah yeah and I like it's kind of with your singles uh, coming up it's, they seem to get progressively would it be fair to say noisier and darker yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. 100 like, percent. <laughs> what kind of what what was the reason for kind of because even like in with faces and then the single after that is either glass house or slow drive uh, yeah. Yeah. It was slow drive and then it was glass house and then i yeah. think we worked up to league it was time a trial. Time, trial. Oh, time, time trial time trial immediately. yeah yeah they're all Gone yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, league, we've, we've taken yeah. like everything off uh, other than league off our spotify because we're in our like clean slate fresh kind of face mm. kind of era um so yeah sorry go on oh uh, you're just like asking like how kind of how we got to that oh point, yeah what was it? like how why was there like a progressive change and then getting it darker was it just the music you were listening we to kind or of, you just saw the direction of the band changing it was interesting because like i think it happened we've been one of the things i think that's interesting about this band is that we've been playing together for years i mean adam and kyle have been playing since 2015 yeah 2016 and then i would have joined the band in 2018 when we were all in first year of college but like you know that's five years ago and over that time we've all our tastes have changed so much but we've also kind of like i think we're at a stage now where we kind of understand each other better and kind of have a better conception of what the band is but like the whole time in the past five years of us playing together we were all kind of like 
kind of flirting more and more with the getting noisier and weirder yeah. and like eventually realize that like oh this is actually what we want and i think live and like the kind of reaction from crowds and stuff um the heavier yeah. we got the more we got back yeah. and i think yeah. it kind of fed into it it was kind of like um I think it was kind of inevitable because like mm. even like uh, we're, like say around like when we were in first year in college when we when we first moved up to Dublin we I I anyways in particular had this idea in my head that I just wanted to make like kind of like weird kind of pop music and stuff like that but then our shows like would like you know people would be moshing to these riffs that are like clean like chorus guitar mm. um and we really fed into that. And then like, you know, uh, whenever we'd do something like with, um, with, like, I think our first really heavy song that we wrote was like Enclosed, which is like, it's not out yet, but like it uh, it, 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 our... it will be out. Yeah. Um, the live video for we can, I have a question of that as well. Oh yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's a, the, the on-show <laughs> live video, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was one of the first really heavy songs that we wrote. And we like, after that we were like, uh, like just keep, leaning in this direction and we like did kind of have to stick to our guns in that though because i remember doing a show in the sound house this Ooh. is probably four years ago maybe more um, both of the lads have just put their hand in yeah thing. yeah <laughs> there's a reason um it was funny so it was like as we were kind of playing more with the heavy stuff but at this point in time our set started as like indie pop with like a weird kind of vocal delivery and some unusual sounds and got to enclose, which is like, if for anybody who doesn't <laughs> know it, is like just a doom it's riff. Loud. Essentially, it's really it's stupid. A doom riff with one guitar note on top of it. It's just wailing. Yeah, it's just everything is as loud as it can be and as searing as it can be. And I so vividly remember doing the intro, playing the first note, and then watching half the room clear out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things where like, there's literally nothing you can do other than just look at each other on oh, stage laughed. and laugh. Yeah, it was yeah. funny, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. What I find the funniest though is the way we kind of, we lured Charlie in at the very start. We're like, yeah, we're, like, we're kind of like a pop inspired band. We want to write kind of like more pop focused stuff. And Charlie's like, yeah, I've just, I've been, I've been dying to get into just more like a more commercial, more kind of pop sort of, I actually, yeah, I was going through my notebook <laughs> the last day from my first year of college and found like my notes to myself for like what I wanted to achieve by the end of the year. And it was like, do a Post Malone cover, learn how to double thumb on the bass, join a really cool pop band, really cool pop band nerves. And then he <laughs> fast forward six years yeah, later. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, you mentioned the clearing the room story. It just gave me flashbacks to this. Uh, I remember I was at Download Festival and Crazy Train were playing. And they had the whole tent packed. And this would have been about 2,000 people, 3,000 people. And they performed Butterfly. Uh -huh. And then they were like, we got one more song for you guys. And the whole tent just left. <laughs> oh, my God. All 3,000 all, all 3, people. Oh, that is a nightmare. <laughs> I, was with my girl, I was with my girlfriend at the time. And we were just like, we should probably stay. That's bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> you Just the oh. two of you, specks in the middle of the crowd. Like, in the middle of, well, in the middle of the absence of the crowd. It was the third, the third biggest stage in the festival. Oh, they God. Were, they had it packed to the brim. And then the whole, the, yeah, it wasn't good. And they were, they, to be fair to Crazy Train, they were very good live. Yeah. But, um, they were good live, um, but yeah, just yeah, it's a weird. It must be so weird to see. It's like everybody there, and then just boom, they go. <laughs> it's best to watch people's faces drop, <laughs> look at the stage, and then look at their friend and go, "Are we? Yeah, okay, let's yeah. go." Like you, you see the whole process. This seems like a good time to get a pint. I think it's pint o'clock. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> this is weird, and I don't like it. Let's get out of here. We haven't really had that problem these days because every time you play a gig, people are kind of quite aware of what they're about to get so 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I saw in an interview um, for League, you, you mentioned that it was a turning point in the band. So I just wonder if you could elaborate on what that meant. Yeah. And what the song means as well. Um, mm. Wait, do you want to take it? Do you want to oh. take this one out? I'll, I'll, I have no idea where or how I would take this. Okay, <laughs> cool. So it's like, I mean, like, like I mentioned with Enclosed, Enclosed was like one of those, like, um, like one of the heavier tracks that we wrote at the beginning. And that kind of felt like a turning point for us initially. But like mm. for the next while after that, we were still kind of like, the sound of the band was quite confused. Like, you know, like there was like kind of like clean poppy kind of songs that would get heavy at some point and would be delivered in like a kind of aggressive fashion. Uh, and then you'd have like the likes of slow driving and closed at the end of the set that were like, you know, quite heavy. Um, but I like, uh, when we started writing league, there was something very different about it. I, even in terms of the way we wrote the song, cause usually like what would happen is someone would come, uh, to a rehearsal with like, uh, an idea or like a full song pretty much there. Uh, whereas league, we literally just started it with the drum beat and we were just like, let's just mess around with this for a while and it got like longer and heavier and weirder and we were kind of like this is it just feels right it, like, I don't think so, we'd ever like probably jammed out a song before that there was always some sort of structure going into which is crazy because that's, that's entirely like, how we do it now yeah that's that's how we write really? now it's like yeah it's a thing of like you know kind of coming back to what I think I mentioned earlier of like getting a better sense of each other and stuff that was the first time I think we didn't go into anything or rather didn't go into a writing session with any preconceived notion of what it should be rather than just letting what was there happen um, and I think the biggest thing was like again letting the drums kind of take the forefront and this kind of idea we come, keep coming back to when we're writing of like letting the drums be the riff because it gives me and Kyle a lot more space to do kind of more interesting textural stuff but it gives it a home to kind of live in um, whereas yeah. before it was like we'd be like oh i have this really cool part and then adam would be like okay well it's shit maybe sometimes you should have but like but like in terms of being a turning point like it was like we like it changed how we write songs and it very much cemented in our minds like ah yeah like this like kind of weird angular heavy approach is actually just straight up what we want to do um yeah. that like that came at like an unfortunate time because it was literally i think we finished writing that song two weeks before the pandemic started mm. and then <sighs> uh I, we, we were actually like we had a gig a couple of weeks beforehand or like a week or two beforehand and uh, i think it was the week before yeah i'm pretty sure it was. and like we were saying to each other it's like oh would we would we play league we don't have the vocals done for it but we could play it instrumentally and we we're like oh no it's fine we'll play it the next gig the next gig being two years later. <laughs> um, but like, um, yeah, because like th th there's a lot of core ideas in League that um, informed all the writing that we did after that pretty much. During the like, pandemic, we had like a rehearsal space out in Walkinstown. We go there like, I'm going to say like twice a week most of the time. And we'd be, we'd, we've had like loads and loads of songs by this point we had just at from least like 15 songs yeah we we, we had an we, album we, we <laughs> yeah. had like we had an album if not an, two albums worth of material written just in the pandemic uh but like we'd scrap tunes here and there and like um we'd forget about this one and forget about that one and then after a while i, I kind of started thinking about what it was about the songs that we were keeping that made them interesting mm. and it was all this the core idea that comes out of league is that like the the drum is the riff it's kind of like um like 
more of like an electronically influenced it, it sounds weird to say if you listen to leak by itself but like more of like an electronically influenced kind of thing and that mm. um well rhythm the, is the forefront That's yeah essentially the rhythm is the for, forefront yeah. the drums are the riff and me and charlie do feel to it as well it's brilliant whatever yeah. whatever with it it is that you're doing it's it's, it's such a visceral song I, lo- I really do love it it's a fantastic song I think thank a lot you of, like, I really appreciate yeah. that yeah, thank you um, no. I think a lot of that comes down to even like the approach to the harmony and stuff and I think we've been leaning into this a lot more <laughs> recently of like kind of getting more drone tones and stuff that like kind of hangs on one note and like has other notes coming in around it that kind of wash around the place um, so that there's not really you have like a fixed tonic we'll say so you have like a, a place to center the key but like you're not really given much information at all as to whether like I don't know conventional kind of music theory where you have like your chord progressions and stuff and like it can be analyzed with like western music theory it's more about textures and kind of I don't know different pitches coming in and out around it's not one so much of a melody note. it's more of just a well oh crap I forgot what the word I was going to think of <laughs> What was vibes, it? Uh, <laughs> vibes, yeah. We, vibes. We, we we literally just finished kind of like a writing session there, and I think Charlie summed it up. But he said it to me at one point after like I tried to like uh, tell him to do like a thing differently on bass, and it's just like I love how our rehearsals have just evolved into like I'm playing two notes. One of those notes is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. Well, you the name broke. Make... Don't fix it. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of how it was a turning point for us. Like that. Like. That song was like a clean break, and then everything after that became influenced by why that song, why we uh, related to it so much or like um, appreciated it so much. Hmm. How did the Chromatic Sets video come up for? Because I know you did, you did a music video for League as well, which I'm assuming was shot over COVID, was it? Uh, yeah. When... <clears throat> yeah. That was, I know it was March 20. We were still, yeah. it, we were in some lifted level of lockdown, yeah. but it was, it was, it was some, per, one of some the strange, gray areas between. Yeah. It was a purgatory. The loophole area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the chromatica thing was kind of like coming out of the pandemic. Um, uh, the lads, like uh, Sherry and Roy, just got onto us. Like they had heard League somewhere, somehow, and um, they were just interested in doing like a video for it. And like, you know, one of their, like, like they always do in like kind of like a unique remote outdoor kind of location mm. they wanted to do it somewhere that was like you know made sense for us as like a band from the west of ireland so like i was trying to think of stuff and they were just like what about this place Acklehenge?" and uh i looked it up and i was like yeah no that's perfect that's like the most bizarre structure i've ever seen in my life but i saw it in the description i think it's an illegal st- structure or something yep. like that isn't yeah it? It was yeah built it's by very... just a local guy yeah yeah, it's He's like a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Like, I don't know if you remember. I can just about remember this from like years and years ago when I was a kid. But like, do you remember those like news stories about like the your man who like parked the cement mixer in front of the dial as a protest? Yeah. Yeah. I do like remember that. that. The, I have the, a vague the guy. Of that, yeah. The guy who did that is the one who built Acklehenge. <laughs> he just he just decided to make a henge. I mean, I suppose most henges are. You know, someone not decides. there. Someone <laughs> yeah. decides to make a hedge yeah. and there's a hedge. But I'm sure there was like more reasoning yeah. than just like, you know, what would be great on this lovely scenic hillside. A hedge. Big hedge. <laughs> <laughs> the part is how we somehow got like a cement truck up that tiny little like narrow hill that I could barely drive up. Yeah, in, he like, got a go-kart. many cement trucks up yeah. there, and we and were we were having concrete. we were having quite the struggle in a Peugeot two hundred six to tell you that much. <laughs> I was about to say because it's it's Ackle Island, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've been like to Ackle quite a few times. Driving a fucking jeep road. around it could be sometimes just stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like it's like it's on like a 
completely remote hillside outside some <laughs> town in Ackle. Like it's in the middle of nowhere and they just sent like tons and tons of cement mixes up there. And then over a weekend, everyone was like, oh, we have a henge now. Yeah, it's so funny. It's, it's a great so tourist attraction now because there was actually a, a group of German tourists just watching us record that video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're just sitting up on the hill watching us. Yeah. You think wow, it looks really... very angular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks very, like, remote and peaceful, like, you know, in the video, of, like, when we're playing it up there. But, like, we, we had a bit, of, a bit of an audience. <laughs> nice. Three people and a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what sheep. most of our gigs are like as well. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the enclosed video, because I said I was watch I was watching that even just today. I was like, this is... Th th like, it's such a cool music video. The gritty to it and the oh, red yeah. was but it was the was the room that red yeah yeah really oh uh, yeah awesome. we we, so cool. we did that we did that ourselves we got like mm. the we got our like a, a crafty hands out we just um it was just we wanted to like we hadn't done like a headline show in about like a year or so uh and like you know it like we had a lot of new tunes to uh debut i suppose so we wanted to make like a really small sweaty intimate show so uh, uh, if you've seen our instagram you probably know like it's all red and black, like yeah. it, like everywhere. <laughs> it, half of what we wear is red and black, you know. So it's a bit of a running theme. It's all cool of us have red really phones. Does work. All of us have yeah. red phones as well. Like it's oh, really, really? Wait, <laughs> yeah. None of us noticed until like um, I got my one after you got all yours, and then one of us was like, "All our phones red." It's when we were recording the EP with yeah. Dan, I think we just all our phones happened to be on the table beside so each other. So cringe, like yeah, someone was like. <laughs> I think Kyle says get like, their phone back actually in the video. Uh, oh, Nego, Nego did get Nego. their phone back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot that was at the Someone end of the video. Dropped their phone. Someone yeah. dropped their phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just got like a load of like red light bulbs and we grabbed every lamp we had in our respective houses and brought them to and put like the red light bulbs in them. Yeah, and, like it's already like red painted walls and red carpet. Yeah, carpet? <laughs> put like, dark carpet. Put like red gels and all the lights that are on yeah. the walls. Replace some of the. the screw in lights on the top of the roof with like a Jesus. red LED bulbs we, 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 we went ham on it like yeah. this is while we're doing the sound check as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked but it works really well like it the video looks incredible um, who shot it by the way who were the two, um, two it was Adam two, Kelleher two and Dylan Gomery um, yeah we actually have so we got them to record the whole show and we I mean I'm just gonna say it we have another one coming to... Oh, you broke oh. the embargo. I, I, I broke, I broke the embargo. Everybody <laughs> excited to announce that we are buzzing to be delighted that we have a new video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but there'll be another one. Um, I'm gonna say, um, like mid August, yeah, mid to late August, we're gonna put it out because we've awesome. been. We like. I'm also gonna say this as well. We've been recording a lot of like um, new material for like a, a project coming soon. But like, well, soon it'll probably be like towards the end of this year, if not next year. So Fantastic. we have like all of these like videos that we've recorded and on show to like kind of drip feed out over the next few months to make people aware that we are still alive. And we're still <laughs> banned. Yeah, I have that things. down as a question. It was like EP question mark. Uh... Yeah, yeah. There is yeah. an EP. <laughs> there is an EP. It has been recorded and mixed. Um, awesome <laughs> it does awesome exist mixed, you've recorded and mixed it already yeah mm -hmm. yes awesome. we literally we finished it like a couple of days ago <laughs> oh fantastic stuff that's so, amazing i won't ask you too, i won't yeah. ask you too many questions about it because obviously it's it's not out yet but um well it's uh, most of the songs that we have so if you're gonna ask oh, questions okay. about the songs <laughs> 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 um i noticed that like uh with league and enclosed as well like the songs are getting like longer and stuff is that just a natural thing that's happening with this, song this <laughs> that's so funny because this is something that we've been trying to combat like today like uh, <laughs> yeah. like we were trying to like 
we were trying to get us like like finish off a song today and make sure that it was like under four minutes. Um, <laughs> I think we got two forty-seven. Was that it? Yeah, it uh, yeah, it was pretty good for for us. Yeah, we've noticed that like it's like our songs never stray out over the ten-minute mark, but we find mm. it really hard to get a song that's like under five minutes. Because <laughs> I think it's mostly because of like the like like I said like with League and like all the newer tunes as well. Like they're all kind of written from jams, so they mm. like in their initial stages they all tend to be pretty long anyways I think mm. League was like 10 was, minutes League was 12 minutes it. I think Jesus the initial Christ. jam of League was 12 minutes and like I'm gonna say a good 4 minutes of that was just the build up for like the second yeah, half just the nonsense yeah. just, just like some of the worst music you've ever heard oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um, yeah like it's not like something we like actually consciously think of it's just kind of as a result of how we write, uh, we just we t- we tend to draw things out, but yeah, we I think we quite enjoy letting like, um, especially as of late, I think we've been like going for shorter songs, but we like creating sections that kind of let you sit into just these kind of droney notes as of late. Let them breathe, just... almost is it? Yeah, that like kind of thing? Kyle mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier when we were kind of going through stuff. Is like it's all getting so loud, but like when we kind of go for more drone based stuff, it's like you really start to feel the air moving. It's that mm. kind of like classic shoegaze thing, I guess. And um, yeah, I think we're kind of leaning into maybe doing longer sections as opposed to longer songs and just letting stuff sit mm. and kind of stew so that you kind of melt your brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting, when I got into drone metal for the first time, trying to show it to my friends and you'd get like a Godflesh song, like Street Cleaner and be just like, wait for it. I'd be six minutes of the same beat. And he's, just, he's, like, <laughs> he's just like, when does it get to the bit? And then the bit's like a minute long. He's like, what the fuck was that about? That's hilarious because that's like, like that's mostly my music taste where it's just like, <laughs> like people like me showing people songs and it's like, wow, that's the most dreadful thing I've ever heard in my life. I feel like I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> well, I, br- I brought people to see actually Godflesh recently. They were playing in Opium Room and it was by far the loudest gig I've ever been to. To the wow. point that the entire room felt Class. like it was frustrating. Uh, frustrating uh, vibrating <laughs> to the point that like a friend of mine described it as he could feel his balls going back and forth <laughs> that's like the best feeling in the world though just to, not your balls going back and forth that's pretty great actually but like uh, that's definitely getting sound bit now Charlie just to let you know <laughs> yeah. Damn. yeah man you should have thought about that one before uh... <laughs> I'm on a dodgy uh, podcast you ever, have you ever heard of a band called Big Brave um, like a I have a metal drone band, but we went to see them in um, where was it? What's that bar along the canal called again? Hello um, bar, is it? Bell- yeah, yeah. We went to see them there, and they're they're known as very loud. Like they played with um, Sono and all that kind of stuff. And Class. But, uh, I didn't know how loud they were going to be, and you <laughs> can see them before they start playing. It's a three piece, just smiling at each other, and then they just hit the one note, and the entire room just went fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's the aim, man. That's the aim for us. <laughs> Three piece, love, all like, smiles, one note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, one... had, I had it with you guys when you guys played the first time. I was like, I wonder how loud they are. They was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we were playing a gig in Workman's one time and like uh, during the sound check, like um <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah. During the sound check, um, like we were like testing all our instruments and I like played one note on my guitar amp and like uh the sound tech was just like, You can stop. That sounds great. I'm not putting it through the PA. Yeah. I'm just not putting it through the PA. You can you can leave it coming off stage, and we were like, yeah, that's fine. That works for me. I can I'm turned up loud. I can hear myself. And we Mission came off. Yeah, and we we came off at the end of the gig though, and he was like, yeah, lads, that was great. Um, I had a dB meter at the back of the room. I was reading 
110 for the entire gig. That's kind of like as loud as you should go for an outdoor festival gig. <laughs> and my, my guitar amp wasn't even going through the fucking PA. Like, <laughs> I was actually, it was only watching QI did an episode on um, the, one of the sections. I think it's when they had Corey Taylor on. They were talking about what the loudest gigs were. And apparently Thin Lizzy at one point were the loudest band in the world you could really? see. Wow. Okay. Which Jesus. is quite surprising. Yeah, that is surprising, the, actually. Were, I wouldn't have thought that. I th- Slipknot beat it. Um, it was Motorhead for years. Motorhead yeah. had it for a really long time. Then Slipknot beat it. I think at the moment it's Sono. Yeah, I thought My Believe Valentine had it for a while as well. I think. Oh, they might have done too. I remember we had a lecturer who went to see My Bloody Valentine, which is one of those kind of things. And just like God, I wish I could fucking say I've seen My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. But, um, they played for like they did the normal show, and then I think it was like for twenty minutes, it was just pure noise, like just shredding yeah. just horrible horrible loud kind of he's like it made me feel so un- unbelievably uneasy and then they just burst into like the most gorgeous melody ever and he goes i got a natural high off it he felt like i was fucking tripping balls straight away he's like it was unbelievable yeah um, i've heard I'd i've heard about get that a natural like, high off that would be amazing <laughs> yeah I, i've heard about that kind of like section that they're doing gigs a lot like but i, I really would love to see them come back and go to one of their gigs because like they're one of like they actually probably are my favorite band of all time uh just like you've mentioned you've said I that in two interviews once, <laughs> yeah that's how much i mean it man <laughs> yeah they're not a, they're not a they're not a bad band to have as your favorite band to be fair <laughs> yeah man <laughs> Um, speaking of favorite bands, we're we're gonna go into the second part now, where I ask you the questions we'd ask you at a bar. And the first question is, uh, if you could collab with anybody, who would it be? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I've been pushing the guys to get a hip hop collab going, Mm. or like a rapper on uh, featuring on a track. I would um, prefer Charlie XCX. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> are you? Are you being? Do you know how big a Charlie XCX fan I am, or are you just? No, saying, no, no. no I, I, is I'm that... your point zero five percent of her fans on Spotify. No way. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, I'm a crazy Charlie XCX fan. Yeah. No, I, I have a I, whole I, episode that was just trivia better. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, like uh, we uh, we actually are all would be big fans of Charlie XCX. Sweet. I awesome. am kind I of like, like guys I, just a little bit more. <laughs> I kind of I kind of started that as like a joke, but I am kind of serious. Like I <laughs> it's funny you say that my friends when I was getting into it were like uh, the Charlie XCX thing has to be a meme and I was like it's not a meme and they're just like, but you listen to like grindcore death metal black metal and stuff I was like there's just something about her that's so awesome like, <laughs> the kids got something <laughs> they got, got the possess <laughs> uh, who would you club with oh god I don't know let me think for a sec you brought up the hip hop things like, I think the hip hop yeah, thing I would think be pretty cool get like a hard hip hop would be cool thing, like Mm. Mm. Um, but I do remember having a conversation with Dan um, who we were doing the EP with um, Dan Fox and um, we were talking about like playing in kind of noise bands and stuff and uh, he mentioned how you know the problem is when you play in a loud three piece noise band like you can always make new metal <laughs> like you can always be a pretty sick new metal band but with great power comes great responsibility so you should never do that yeah. and i do worry like i love the idea of a rapper being on one of our tracks but at the same time i don't want to make new metal uh, i don't think yeah. any of us want to make you, new you can metal. always have one new metal track do you, you want to do it for the nookie <laughs> rena sawayama did it why can't we every That's time true, every time oh, there's yeah. been every time there's been a bit of silence in uh, any of our rehearsals for the last couple of weeks i've just started playing my own summer by deftones so this is genuinely a possibility <laughs> i do love listening to lots of corn recently <laughs> actually that's what i'll say for my uh, for my collab it'll be rena sawayama well, I thought you were about to say th- I thought you were about to say Jonathan Davis, but um, <laughs> 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 and she already collabed with Charlie XCX. We could get the two of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
soon. Soon. <laughs> when the, yes, that's going to happen. That's on the EP. When the EP, when the EP comes out, and we have just that little bit more recognition. Yeah, we'll have that sorted. I'll just DM. Him yeah, yeah. Lady Samyam was a great shout actually. Oh, um, I went. I saw her at Pride Festival in the last year where Aer Lingus lost her luggage, so she had to come on oh. wearing a Juicy Couture tracksuit. Oh, <laughs> lost her whole exciting. lighting rig and that everything. That is brilliant. She had to have costume changes, so it was just her in a Juicy Couture tracksuit. It actually was somewhat better, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, like that's kind of like um, witnessing a bit of a pop culture moment, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you could have gone to a Rita Samyama gig, or you could have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but even if she did, I remember she did Electric Picnic as well, and she had the whole tent packed. And she goes, give it up! And she goes, uh... She goes, thank you, Dublin. And just instantly the whole crowd goes, boo. Oh, <laughs> She's like, oh. there. How many like, people are going to do that at EP? <laughs> uh, people do it at Slaying all the time as well. Yeah. yeah. Charlie XCX did it nonstop when she played EP like two years ago. She kept going, come on, Dublin. And it's like, stop it. We all love you, but you're pushing your luck. <laughs> Dublin isn't the only city in... in uh, it's not the only place. Yeah, in Ireland. There's nothing exists outside the M50. <laughs> I need to ask you about cities. Who, Which gigs would be rowdier? The ones in Galway or the ones in Dublin? Um, we've had some pretty fucking rowdy gigs in both, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we were kind of surprised. Like we, I think Galway tends to be pretty good. Um, Dublin can get really intense. That and Show Show was crazy. But we did Bundoran a couple oh, months yeah, back. Yeah. And that was like, we really, I remember like Tramp, the brilliant band um, from the north, were opening and like we were watching their set and we were like, okay, we might not be able to do some of our tracks because it was like, this could just bomb. This could go <laughs> so, like, again, particularly half the room. Particularly again, like the last tune thing. in the set. Like, there's like, um, I don't know, we might have been playing it at that God Alone gig that you saw, but like, um, mm. the last tune in the set is literally just like, a noise techno song with no vocals at all. So it's I think, literally. I think you did play that when we. Yeah, saw you guys, yeah. It's literally just Adam going ham and then me and Charlie making ridiculous <laughs> noises. noises. On top of it. Yeah. You did play it, yeah. Yeah. So we 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 went out at the front of the pub and we were like, let's we play this because like if if the crowd aren't on our side by the time this rolls around this is not going to go well. And then there was the bouncer standing outside listening to our conversation. Just like, lads, right. Just play Just it. play it. Just whatever you're going to play and they're going to love you. And so he gave us this great pep talk. Yeah, And we, yeah. we went in and we did what? exactly that. He was right. He was <laughs> down right. But like genuinely though, like halfway through the set, people were properly like giving us socks and we were yeah. like, really surprised because you never played up in Bundoran or Donegal at all. Mm. Like, um, and like, we knew a grand total of like two people in the audience. Um, so we weren't expecting much of a reaction at all. And then like when we proceeded with the rest of the heavy tunes in the set, it just went mm. nuts. Like there was mm. like, like I said, there was people falling over my pedal board. There was water <laughs> flying. The sound guy got hit with a pint of water. Um, <laughs> like um, Everyone gets involved in the nerves show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone, whether you like it or not, you get involved. Uh that was mental, yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dublin is hairier than Galway. I would agree. Just like, but we play Dublin more as well. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's that. See, the like, only thing, the only reason why I say Gal- ask about Galway is because the last one was in Galway, which is the Easter break. I hadn't drank in Galway in years, and pretty much for all of COVID. And then we were at Air- we went to some restaurant at Air Square at <laughs> eight o'clock, and we were there for about four and a half hours in the restaurant, and then we came out. And I was just like. What the hell's happened to Air Square? It's like a different place. Was, was it like crazy. a war zone? Just, oh, it's just wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Galway for you, man. Yeah, it, it's a good spot. It's good crack. It's good crack. Yeah. Love Galway. Yeah. Uh, the Ballina gig's the hairiest one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you serious about Ballina? 
Uh, no, well, I, I don't think we've had any mosh pits in Ballina before, but we we, no. we haven't played a gig in Ballina in Yonks now because lovely like part, um, lovely part of the country. Yeah, it's great, but like yeah. um, we we used to be like the way we started playing gigs is like. Um, there was a bit of a punk scene in Ballina, or there still is rather like, mm. uh, but it's like uh, lads that are like quite a bit older than us. One mm. of my, um, like my, my, my guitar teacher was one of the guys who kind of like ran these gigs and was in a lot of bands. Good old Connor Hickey. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to Connor Hickey. Uh, it's like one of those scenes um, where there's like 30 bands, but there's 15 guys. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so like uh, they quite graciously when we were like 17 or 18 kind of like took us under their wing and like let us start playing gigs um with them which was bizarre because like That's like i said cool. we were we were doing like kind of like vaguely punkish indie stuff at the time and then you'd have two hardcore bands and a grindcore band play after you and it's just like <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> jeez it was what is did you say 13 was it or 15 to expose to grindcore uh, yeah well like not like yeah yeah i i would i started listening to like grindcore kind of stuff when i was like 15 i, I feel say. like exposed <laughs> yeah. is the right word if you're that age yeah. <laughs> it's like, i don't think you yeah. like you enjoy it or find it like it's it's like something that happens to hey you. man i enjoy nasm <laughs> i remember NASM, like when inhale you, exhale it's great <laughs> i remember when a guy was like getting into heavier music with like you know kind of like harsh vocals and stuff and i just despised it i thought it was the word i was like i can't understand what he's saying What's the point? It a year terrible. later, he was on my side. Loathe is now my yeah. favorite band. I don't know if you know Loathe. Well, Name a single Loathe. I, I, I have an episode coming out on Wednesday, which is me talking about Death Heaven's Sunbather album and about how amazing it is. And like it's class, the, yeah. the Death Heaven Tattoo, just obsessed with that band. And I, the, literally the first time I remember hearing them, I was like, this is the biggest load of shit I have <laughs> ever listened to. What so is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Pitchfork had it as the best metal album of the year. I was like, I'm going to stick with uh, Trivium. They're much better. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, I do. I do get it. <laughs> but um, if if what is your actually what's your current go to music at the moment? What's what's Ooh, great kind of doing an earworm with you at the moment? Uh, Adam, do you want to go first? <sighs> what's in your Spotify, baby? Since <laughs> Knock Loose put out those singles, I've been listening to that for that EP they put out a couple of years. But is it a year, two years? Two years ago, I think. Yeah, that EP they put out a couple of years ago. I've just been like nonstop listening to that because it's just—it's a masterpiece. It's so good. It's an absolute. Did you say Knock so, Loose? Was it? Knock Sorry, loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just before. Knock Loose. Yeah. Is it a, te- yeah, yeah. a tear in the fabric of life? Is that what it's EP, called? Yeah. yeah. That's a great EP. So that's what you've been on. Absolutely. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. I've been on. Uh, <laughs> I think my music taste is always really fragmented because like I do a lot of session work outside of the band um, with a lot of different people and I, I like so many different styles of music but like of late I've been on a Mad Elliot Smith kick oh, lots lovely. of samba <laughs> um, and some more electronic stuff as well I've been kind of listening to more like Mount Kimby um, who else there's another one Ross from Friends, I'm kind of always passively listening to. I just think yeah. it's like anytime I go like looking for tracks for like a DJ set that I'm never gonna do, um <laughs> I always like go through song radios and stuff and try to like discover new songs or whatever to put in the playlist. And every time without fail, I'll close my phone and just let some music play and I'll go through just tapping through songs until I find something I like, Oh, that's great. I'm like, who is this? And it's like Every time it's Ross from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't just have my, like, half of my set be Ross from Friends songs. Like... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> what about you? What about uh, you I, I've, I've been listening to, like, um, In the Flat Field by Bauhaus a lot recently. I've been, like, I've been kind of, like, passively listening to Bauhaus for, like, a good few years anyways. Mm. But, like, for some reason in this last week, I've just been, like, bet into that album. Um... 
overall, bunch of Nine Inch Nails at the moment. Uh, I'm listening to Over Manu's album on the kind of dance mm, music buzz really a lot. Uh, 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 while we're while we're talking about that, I've been listening to Over Manu's album a lot as well, and it's very good. Um, they're great. I think yeah. their writing style is really cool because they do so much with so little. They're yeah, like they'll actually just give you like four elements and make a whole dance track out of it. But it, like they're all so well put together. They're really really yeah. good. Yeah, it also like this. I should give a check. I have to check that out. Definitely worth a look. Yeah, um, they did like a, a. Do you know for those I love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they did a remix of I Have a Love by him. Um, oh, wow, okay. It has, like, it, his, like, you know, the, the lyrics for that song, how it's, like, kind of, like, this, like, monologue throughout the entire thing. Um, oh. They have the entire monologue in full with no changes to it, but just, like, a completely different um, musical arrangement behind it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's really cool. But their album, they're, like, there's, there's not really that kind of stuff on the album. The album is, like, um, you know, it's, like, dance music, but, like... Um, the they, they use vocal samples and stuff like that. I kind of think they use them in like kind of a similar way to like um like burial kind of. It's like a, oh, a more yeah. optimistic burial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, you mentioned Nine Inch Nails. I'm an enormous Nine Inch Nails fan. Which which era of Nine Inch Nails are you listening to? <laughs> All of uh, it's it's weird. I've been listening to a lot of Pretty Hate Machine and a lot of The Fragile. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I still think The Fragile is their best album in my personal opinion. I th- I think it's a pretty 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 much a masterpiece of an album i would probably agree with you um i'm not sure if i'm ready to like rank them but like that no, I, w- opening... I, w- I wouldn't rank them either but that's the one yeah. just like it's just it's so good it, um, that, that, I remember... just the opening track and that is such a fucking amazing yeah. mood setter Wait, what's it called again um the, uh, the yeah the with the acoustic guitar at the start. One. <laughs> Um, um, I remember I remember years ago, actually, I went to a lecture that Russell Mills was giving. So Russell Mills was the guy who did all the artwork for A Downward Spiral. Oh, yeah. And, he's, and his artwork is kind of, he's kind of pretty much stuck with it as well, that kind of style. It's it's really cool. But he was, ta- he was I went to, I was like, I want to hear stories about Trent Reznor. I want to hear stories about Nine Inch Nails. And he <laughs> talked about it for like, I mean, like 10 minutes. And then he talked about his other stuff. But it was a, it, he was only meant to talk for, I would have thought maybe an hour it was a three hour long lecture to the point that he showed us his albums that he were making, which were like nine inch nails ripoff albums. It oh. was a very strange lecture. I think at the end, the kind of the guy who was facilitating had to go, okay, Russell, that's enough. Okay. Russell, <laughs> Let's go to bed. Interesting Russell. Though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you went in for three hours and got your like 10 minutes 10 of minutes, actual yeah, yeah, yeah. nine inch nails. The question Lord. at the end was, what was it like meeting Trent? He goes, yeah, he was pretty cool. it just reminds me one time like uh in relation to like me being like a massive valentine fan like we like in college they had like this master class one time where it was like a like a flamenco dance master class but like randomly they decided to advertise the fact that like one of the people in it was belinda butcher the singer from mildly valentine because apparently in her spare time that's what she gets up to so i was like i was like (laughs) one of the first people to book in and i was in the front row like at this flamenco masterclass that I had very little interest in <laughs> other than the fact that Belinda Butcher was there. <laughs> and like, obviously, th- like, there was no real mention of My Bloody Valentine because that's not what she's there to do. Like, but I was just Put like... Hand up. How has My Bloody Valentine influenced your flamenco dancing? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Can we expect any flamenco on the next My Bloody Valentine album? <laughs> God, I'd hope so. That'd be incredible. It would be pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah. What was the first and last albums you fell in love with? Ooh, that's Ooh. good. Oh, stop it, you. That's good. Uh, I'm gonna let one of you guys go first because I'll need a minute to think about my first, first and one. last. I think one of my earliest was, um, and actually, it's funny. I've been re-listening to it recently. Um, 
I'm kind of revisiting a lot of albums I would have grown up listening to. Um, like my dad's, for context, my dad's a musician and my mom um, just really likes music. And it was always the albums she put on in the car that I actually like, I've come back to him and like, oh, these are great. And my mm. dad's albums were always like, just trash blues music. <laughs> um, but like, I'm telling Justin you said that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but like, out of the albums I would have listened to from her growing up, um, Buena Vista Social Club. I don't know if you know it, but it's like I don't know it now. It's this beautiful um, Cuban album that's all like um, I think there's a movie about it which I haven't seen. I really must check it out. But it's um, basically this group of old people in Cuba, and it's um, their like social club or whatever. What they basically get up to in the evenings, and what kind of gives them a sense of community is that they all just make music together. But it's oh, a whole album <laughs> of the music that they play and kind of perform just on a, like, I think almost nightly or it could be a weekly basis or whatever. But uh, that's like one of the first albums I fell in love with because it's just like really beautiful in summary. Um, and then recently, I think the last one I fell like really in love with was probably Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. Mm. Oh, just because yeah. I think it's like... It's album as well. Yeah, it's, it's something about the production style really let me kind of like focus on her vocal a lot more. Um, I think it's just because everything is so restrained and like her voice is so in the forefront that you really get to listen to her lyrics and I think her lyricism is brilliant so it's like that's probably the last album I heard that I like have like rinsed <laughs> and there's nothing left for me in it anymore but <laughs> uh, there's a friend of mine who's absolutely obsessed with Phoebe Bridgers I mean like obsessed and uh, last year I was looking up what celebrities are born on the same day as my birthday because I'm not a narcissist at all but uh, <laughs> I found out that Phoebe Bridges was born on the exact same day as me and a second Class. a second I was showed up I was like look at that and he goes fuck off like he's 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 actually jealous that we're born on the same day <laughs> that you share man get some priorities man <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually looked that up before myself but my results are just not as flattering as Phoebe Bridges what like, was it uh, the uh, Charles Manson one. Charles Manson yeah oh nice <laughs> yeah oh you're Charles Manson <laughs> yeah <laughs> Same I'm, birthday. I've got Bruce Springsteen. I'm sharing Bruce's birthday with the yeah. boss. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got Donnie Wahlberg, Robert De Niro, and Phoebe Ooh. Bridges at the top of the main thing. Oh, and Terry Henry, but he got us kicked out of the World Dream Cup, so he can go right fuck there. himself. Adam, do you want to go? Yeah, so the first album I would have fallen in love with would be, it's by a band called Dog Is Dead, uh, called All Our Favorite Stories. Like, sort of indie pop sort of i don't know how it a bit, a bit of a folky influence i suppose there is a bit yeah, yeah. um like lots of lots of harmonies and just like lovely sparkly guitar riffs and just it's just really nice stuff. it's <laughs> just nice it, it's wonderful it's nice. like i was probably around <laughs> 15 or 16 when i found it i think and when i found it i realized ah they've just stopped making music and they don't play gigs anymore <laughs> And then, oh, that's the word. Yeah. That is so frustrating like with that. A little bit of a chance. Do you ever hear of a band called Gulch? Gulch, no. Yeah, I think I have actually. Gulch, yeah. a hardcore band. I've, I've got recently obsessed with them. I was like, oh, this is like, and then found out that they broke up like right after, oh. right after I got into them. I was like, god damn you guys. You <laughs> never like... get to see them. They're very good. They're a grindcore, I say grindcore band, power violence band. They're worth Check, checking yeah, out. Yeah, it good. sounds like I'd like that. There was a faint glimmer mm. of hope though with Dog is Dead because they ended up putting out a second album. But I think they did like two shows to tour it in, in London or like the UK only, uh, yeah. and that was it. <laughs> That's kind of typical as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still a whopper album. Definitely give it a listen. Um, and then the most recent one I fell in love with 
would probably be like I was saying Loathe is my favourite band now uh, I let it oh, in oh they're fantastic yeah. I let it very, in very very good it, band yeah. I let it in and it took everything yeah that's such the a, one such a yeah. tongue twister of an album but yeah I was shocked at how personal and dark that album was I thought because when somebody told me it was a metalcore album I thought it was like oh it's probably going to be that auto-tuned vocal shit that the kind of metalcore gets the tag with yeah and then I listened to it was like this is this is a phenomenal album from start to finish even the artwork and everything sets it up for just a it's a really really great album I loved it yeah yeah it's like Good. what they're one of the very few metal bands that's actually like excited me in the last couple of years like you know mm. since i was like i'm gonna say like 17 i haven't really like paid much attention to metal at all which is bizarre considering how much i would have listened to it beforehand but like um i think now it's like loads not loose like um who else would they what would you have in there like films like um spirit box yeah spirit box. but like low mm. they're like the top top because like it's just so dark and personal and like the arrangements are incredible um it's so varied as well like you've got gourd and two-way mirror on the same album with like one's like dreamy shoegaze the other is just peel the skin off your face maybe that's why i like it. maybe that's why i like it's it a very well, good way of describing it i've got the got the old kyle music taste of like the really aggro metal and the new kyle mm. music taste of like shoegaze gorgeous kind of stuff so um, you should give um, you should get if you ever if you ever want to try like a metal band that are actually interesting in terms of the way they sound you should try Liturgy out oh um, yeah very, very good 93963 I think is the name of their latest album it's from start to finish it's phenomenal but it's the weirdest thing you'll ever listen to it doesn't sound like anything I've ever listened to before they're and I listen to a lot of heavy metal yeah they're a band <laughs> that I've been meaning to check out for a very long time yeah pardon uh, they're a band I've been meaning to check out for a very Liturgy long time are very yeah. good I'm fortunate enough not to be seeing them in vienna which will be sick but um yeah they're, they're definitely worth checking out even their album aesthetica there's like a song on it called generation it's basically six notes just repeated but it just <laughs> gets, it. it's, but it just it gets more drony so check check that out that's that's definitely worth checking out generations what it's called class that's class. right but no loathe are a very good shout i for, kind of forgot about loathe loathe are very 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 good yeah, i, I think they're playing arc tangent this year as well they are yeah in August, they're supporting so. spirit box as well in dublin um, yeah in like oh, a are week. They? so that's gonna be the first time i get to is that in a life. week yeah jeez i need to find a smuggle my way into that gig somehow <laughs> <laughs> i won a free ticket to arc tangent there the other day oh, free vip massive. ford ford can't go Fucking oh. rage! Never win anything. Never win anything in my life, and I can't go. Can't That's go. ridiculous. So if anybody wants a spare ticket, by the way, <laughs> when is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about yourself? What were the first and last albums you fell in love with? Um, the first album I fell in love with is like probably like a bit of like a retrospect kind of thing, like because uh, like um like I mentioned, my parents were like quite into music. Uh, they weren't like musicians themselves or anything. They just like. Mm. They liked what they liked. Um, my dad is um, a massive Bob Dylan fan. Um, okay. So, like, every time that we'd be, like, um, you know, on long car journeys or whatever when we were younger, it would be, like, basically cycling between Bob Dylan albums and, uh, like, Rebel Jeans. Um, and, like, when you're younger and you're listening to, like, this, like, dude be, like, real sad and whiny on an acoustic guitar or piano <laughs> with the band behind them, uh, when you're, like on a road and it's pissing down rain you're kind of like this sucks i i don't want to be here <laughs> and then you go you come back a few years later when you're older and you listen to it and you're just like this i know sucks. every I word of this album. <laughs> i know I, no no <laughs> but in a good way <laughs> i wouldn't i i wouldn't be uh saying it now if i didn't but like um yeah like you know you come back and you're like oh i know every word of this album or i know it. like um these songs way more intimately than i should because like 
they're not something that I like necessarily willingly listen to. Um, mm. So like I've grown like a massive appreciation of that kind of music now since I've um, grown up a bit. I, so I'd say like my favorite, like, like the album that I fell in love with first is probably a Highway 61 Revisited by Bob Dylan. It's like incredible, incredible album. Uh, I'd say Tombstone Blues is probably my favorite, which is probably not most people's kind of pick in that respect. But I just love how like jangly and fast paced it is and the fact that he's just he's saying absolute nonsense in the lyrics (laughs) nothing means anything it's beautiful um and the most recent album i fell in love with um i listened to this like a while ago now it's probably like over a year ago now but like uh i'd say as the love continues by mogwai um okay which, which which one Mogwai album is that? Is that the one with the purple cover? No, or? it's the most recent one. It's the one with the kind of oh, like the fox on the cover, like the painted yeah, yeah, kind I of fox. Was, yeah, it's a great album. Uh, yeah, like they like, are a band that like I like. You take one look at them and you're like, oh, yeah, he'd like them. Uh, but I took me it took me ages to get around to listening to them. Uh, so I like, I think I heard that track Richie Sacramento like on like from someone before, and like I was like, okay. I'm going to be obsessed with these guys for the next good, good while. <laughs> uh, and like, like Charlie was saying about Punisher, like I just rinsed that album. Like I, 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 I've listened to that album so many times. There's nothing else I can get out about it as the love <laughs> continues. I love uh, when you get to that point with an album though, where you're like, it's really nice to be able to look back at it and go like, I can listen to this now and know like every detail about it. Yeah. And like, it, I think it's really special when you can actually recall like, I don't know if you've tried this, but just like if you lie, like say you're going to sleep or something and then you just like try to actually play the song (laughs) in your head with nothing around (laughs) you and just try to like almost like visualize, I guess, um, the music, the the music start to finish. And like, I feel like with albums that you really do love and have gotten everything you can out of them, you can actually do that where you just like it's in you at that point. I can definitely do that with that album at this stage. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, that album is like very much like soundtracked a good bit of my life, and then like um, I I saw Mogwai live for the first time at oh, nice. Primavera last year afterwards, mm. and um, like they're already like I'm obsessed with this album. I really like this band. That like something clicked at that gig, and it's like right, this is one of my favorite bands of all time. Now and the best part was they weren't even supposed to play. They, they were, weren't even supposed to play. The, 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 the strokes dropped out, and to a lot of indie kids' disapproval, I would imagine Mogwai filled in. <laughs> um, and like they were, I think Mog. We were talking about like loudest bands ever, like earlier on. I think Mogwai was probably the loudest gig I was ever at, yeah. and it was like really, and it was Mogwai at or? it was at it was at uh, Primavera at an in an amphitheater. Yeah, like we were sitting wow. up on these steps, like a good what like. 50 feet away or something yeah. and it was still just like bone rattling <laughs> yeah wow um, i wouldn't have thought that with them now to be honest yeah like, their music is has a thump to it but not not not, not i wouldn't have thought it'd be it's funny like loud, the like. the earlier stuff would, would have been more like traditionally loud but they're also like um quite like they're masters of like dynamics which is something that i would really like to take from that band and put into what we do and we have to a certain extent yeah we've been definitely looking at that as of late as well of like you know I feel like it's interesting when we talk about loudness and stuff because we can always talk about like the DB reading of how loud something is. But I think like yeah. perceived loudness is the one that's really powerful. And that's what Mogwai are great at is like. Yeah, because like Mogwai aren't extremely loud all the time, but like they're mm. like quiet long enough that the loud part is like way more impactful. 
Um, they have that song off their first album, like Herod, uh, which is like just a complete jump scare of a song. Like it gets like it starts off with like a pretty normal volume, clean guitars, kind of slinty almost, and then like it gets like about as quiet as you can physically take a full band like that, and then just. <laughs> kicks back into like the loudest heaviest riff you've ever heard and like i've i've seen this happen at two mogwai gigs now people are there to see mogwai they know this is going to happen and they still fucking shit themselves <laughs> like um, good reaction <laughs> yeah uh so yeah uh mogwai are, that that album is probably the last album i fell in love with and like convinced me that they're probably one of my favorite bands so no, Mogwai are, are fantastic. I actually, funnily enough, I was listening to No Such Thing as a Fish today, which is the, it's a podcast done by the writers of QI. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about this band that dress up as like uh, yetis when they go on stage. <laughs> but um, they mentioned that they're called Furry something. I can't, I actually, their name escapes me, but what's so funny was they were touring with Mogwai. Mogwai, <laughs> Mogwai actually got, they were doing, a sh- they, I don't know if they were touring or they were doing a show with them, but Mogwai told them not to dress up in the outfits because they did a show where they took an E while in the big fucking giant, uh, <laughs> I think we both nearly passed out on stage or something like that yeah. because they didn't realize how hot they'd be inside the suit. <laughs> yeah, it sounds I'm about like, right. I yeah. up a little bit, but that was that I've, was kind of the gist of what I got from it. Yeah, anyway. I I read um, Stuart Braithwaite from Mogwai's biography recently, and like it sounds like touring with Mogwai back in the day would have been a fairly heavy, um, yeah. a fairly heavy Scotland, situation right, to be in. Yeah, they're from Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some there's some uh, good good not, times had in that book. <laughs> I actually I did not know there was an uh, an autobiography for uh, for him, so I should have yeah. given that a read. Check it out; it's um, really fun. It's like it's I a really fun Girl read. in the band by by Kim Gordon today, actually. So that oh, cool, nice one. That is one I need to, to pick up. It's a brilliant book. Um, we only I've only two more questions left for you. The second last one is uh, who who is the who do you think is the most underrated artist at the moment? Oh, Ooh, spicy! <laughs> are we talking like at the moment? Current well, like artists who are doing their thing, but just not really getting the kind of recognition they probably deserve. Is that? I I that's kind of how I interpret. Yeah, the question. sure, okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Mac DeMarco. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, that's that's a tricky one to think about that. Hmm. Um, like. Maybe narrow it down to Irish artists, and it could be easier. Yeah, we we could do Irish artists. I mean, that might yeah. be a nicer way to think about it. Who's really really good? I was gonna say like Brick Nasty, but Brick Nasty are getting like quite a bit of attention these yeah, days. Yeah, like, skyrocketed. Yeah, but like, fucking incredible band. Uh, Yard. Yard. Called yeah, them last night. Yard last night. Yeah, yeah, like they're. I feel like they're really doing something fresh mm. and something like. They've got that whole like the the whole thing down of like electronic music. Actually, I have another one. Um, but like electronic music that's interesting to watch performed. Like I feel is so hard to get right because like I, I actually caught Ross and Friends. I was talking about him earlier. Like he's definitely my favorite electronic artist. And like caught him in the Button Factory, and it was just so boring. <laughs> it was like just him on decks for like two and a half hours. I was like, oh my god, I would have taken a half hour show with like some audio visual stuff over this um, mm. but like yard do this thing of like performing kind of like I, I feel like it's it's a really dreadful 90s rave it's like 90s <laughs> rave but you're on a, like your bad trip in the whole time like but it's great but it's really engaging yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really great and it's great to watch perform because like i think they're quite interesting in that their background is one of um 
like bands and playing in like kind of noisy bands and stuff. And it's isn't like, one of the members in Gurriers? Um, ben two and Emmett of Gurriers. Two, two, yeah, oh, it's so two it's, of them. Yeah. yeah, I know Emmett was in it. Yeah, they they played last night actually. They did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing, myself yeah. and Adam were there. Yeah. Were you, was anybody here at it? Me and Adam. Yeah, myself. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I couldn't go. I was driving back from Tyrone and I just got back way too late and I was like, I can't go. But um, right, okay. I'd say it was class. That was brilliant. Um, they'd be one, and I think Slouchow as well. We caught Slouchow. Oh, Slouchow, yeah, space. that makes, yeah, that I feel like sense. he's really underrated. I feel like his whole production style and just his songwriting as an electronic artist is just huge. He's also such a good DJ. Yeah. He's really, really good. That was his first, like, um, like solo performance of his own, like, music, though, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Like, yeah. Slouchow, I think he produces under um, Zizu as well, and that's all, like, hip-hop stuff, but yeah. Slouchow is his kind of electronic dance. Yeah, so it'd be cool to see him do more stuff like that. Like, mm. if he, like, does more, like, gigs under that name with that kind of music, I think he'll, like, get, like, more recognition. Big he time. deserves it, definitely. Yeah, he's brilliant. Really good. Um, Who else? I think, like, um, I, I suppose he's well-known in Ireland, but I think, like, like Paddy Hanna, like, I, I've seen oh, him play, yeah. like, a number of times. I've, like, um, worked some of his gigs and stuff like that. And, like, um, I think he's, like perpetually criminally underrated like as like a songwriter and just like a like like he's just he has this aura about him he like he has like the ability to like he's a bit of a chameleon to like like change a songwriting style and it's like uh mm. like the aesthetics of what he's doing like whenever he he's, feels like it um he's releasing new music new soon is yeah he's releasing new music soon i think yeah he put on an album like last year i think as well which, is, which mm. is what i mean as well like you can just fire these songs out that are just like you know so well put together yeah, uh, very, i've seen him live a few a few times he's very he's a very solid performer yeah yeah very theatrical as well to a certain extent um but like yeah i feel like he's like quite underrated in terms of like uh, irish like singer songwriters mm. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's fully correct to say they're underrated but uh i'd say like i just love girlfriend uh, oh yeah because they've, yeah, been, getting, actually, they've yeah. been getting bigger and better <laughs> gigs lately but i want i want to see them playing the biggest gigs because yeah, they just deserve it girlfriend are like the best band in ireland we band. used like <laughs> we used to share that rehearsal space we mentioned at walkenstein with them and like they like took a big long hiatus for a while and when they finally came back it was just it's like sent from god joy returned to the land it was just yeah, yeah, it's funny one. Like I, I, I seen, I saw a girlfriend like play loads when I first moved up to Dublin when mm. we were in like a uh, first year in college, and I was like, I was always like, this is a class band. They're like so mm. good, and they put out those singles, uh, "Space Kissing" and "Small Smile Girl." So good. I still listen yeah. to them, yeah. like, on the daily, and they're class. And then I they like them to they, play them after. Like I saw them like yeah. at one of their first shows back. Like you, you have to play those songs again. <laughs> and they but, did. Like, <laughs> but like they went off and they wrote like a bunch of new stuff. And like um like no one heard from them for ages. And then like I I used to I used to work in Wheelands. I was working the bar for like some gig that they were playing in the main venue. And I was like, mm. oh great, girlfriend are playing. Oh like I haven't seen them in like ages. And they came out and they played an entire new set with like no repeat songs from like you know back before the pandemic. And it absolutely. Mm blew my head off mm. like like awesome. yeah just like the hard work and evolution that band have like put in is like something to be admired i think one last one yeah god alone from <laughs> god Cork. alone yeah god, god alone, alone yes so underrated oh my god like they're just 
they're just the best band in yeah. Ireland. Like, hey, I used I, that tag on girlfriend already. It's true. There's a lot of best bands I in think, this country, but yeah. I think out of most Irish bands that I've talked about in the podcast, God Alone have been mentioned quite a few times. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just. just like, one, I remember hearing from them the first time. I was like, "This is." So, I've never heard a band sound like this, which is always yeah. what you want to hear from a band that's up and coming and stuff. And I was like, but no, they're very, so very, themselves. Very good band. I also um, love they're lovely lads as well they're great guys and I love like their sense of humor in the way they present themselves and stuff I, one yeah. of my <laughs> favorite photos I think I've ever seen while scrolling through my timeline on Instagram was all of them in a church announcing a tour um, standing there with turtlenecks chains and oh, big yeah. fuck off watches on their wrists <laughs> just standing there like hands held like staring at the camera I was like oh, these guys are the best <laughs> like yeah I remember we, we like back in our like pre-pandemic days when our set list was like like we were saying confused as hell um we played a gig with them we were both supporting like curious in uh in galway in the rosian dove and um we'd like heard like a loud fucking show oh (laughs) it was yeah it was uh, three views jesus christ yeah it was funny yeah like um like i think we'd heard like oh yeah like they're like pure young like or something like that because i think at this stage like some of them hadn't even done their leave insert or something yeah um and then they rocked to us they uh, they were playing after us they rocked up and absolutely smoked us like like, uh, i remember looking at kyle and just like making eye contact in the pair of us being like we're so shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think. I think. No, I remember that. I think our exact words were, "We need to step it up," yeah. <laughs> and we have. <laughs> well, see, it's funny you mentioned the Leavenser thing because I remember when that I didn't know what they looked like, and I actually started listening to them because I noticed that their name was taken from another Irish band from Cork called um, Altar of Plagues. Yeah, a phenomenal, cor- mm. a phenomenal black metal band. Um, so when I started listening, I was like, these guys are amazing. I think like Metal Hammer or one of those type of magazines, maybe Karine did a write-up on an EP. Yeah, so I, think- I had them liked on Facebook. But again, I had no idea what they looked like. And they made a post about, we're taking a break to do our leaving cert. <laughs> and I thought they were taking the piss. <laughs> I genuinely yeah, thought no, they, they were. I had no were, idea. Yeah. Um, and I thought they were like lads and, you know, like 28 years of age with the fucking beard and stuff and like the traditional <laughs> If you just purely listen to it, like, No, I saw them. I was like, what the fuck? But um, no, great band. Very, very good band. Uh, the final question I have for you guys, which is what I end every quest, every podcast with, is uh, what do you love most about the art that you make? Ooh. <laughs> we might get like Ooh. quite different answers I love, here. By the way, I love getting that reaction when I ask people <laughs> questions Ooh. on this podcast. It's like, I'm doing it right. <laughs> oh, you dirty dog. <laughs> Who wants to go Favorite first? Think about the art we make. Uh, it's probably quite different for all of us because like uh, well for me anyways because like I write all the lyrics in this band so like you know it's like that's in itself aside from the the music is uh, a, like it's, it's just a very different process and different kind of like feelings or emotions come out of that um, I've gotten a bit like since league anyways I've gotten a bit like ballsy about the kind of stuff that I talk about like, I've, like I remember writing league and I was like because uh, it's quite obviously about like grief and like losing like mm. a close close friend. I don't think I'd really been that like um, honest before while writing a song. So I remember looking at the lyrics after I finished it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know. This uh, <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. don't know about putting this one out." Um, but like, I kind of got a, a buzz off like uh, off thinking that off like uh, like uh, off like not being sure whether or not I should share this much. Um, So, like, I kind of 
continue to do that whenever I write lyrics. If I if I question whether or not it's something that I actually want down on record or like something that I want to share about myself or about stuff that has happened, I that's how I know it's probably good. So it's like the like, uh, the purest form of like catharsis or release that I actually have is just writing those lyrics. Um, so yeah, that like that like um. I wouldn't necessarily say like the ability to get stuff off my chest with it because like I don't think that like writing lyrics is like a, some sort of like therapy for me but um mm. you know like it's uh like gotta do your own stuff in in your life to get over these issues but I think like it's it's the biggest release I have like as a person just to kind of put my mind out there or like put mm. my uh what i'm feeling out there yeah no it's league is uh it's a pretty hard hitting song uh to, to say the least so yeah. yeah i would imagine like i get occasionally personal on this as well and it is i know it's not the same as putting your heart and soul into a song but it, it uh, it's not to have an outlet where you're able to put yourself out there and stuff it's quite it's quite not uh i don't want to use the word reward but like releasing almost is kind of the way that i would describe it yeah like uh like it's um it's, it's weird sometimes like if i like write something that like i'm like really like but it's also like really in, intense or like um like kind of feels uncomfortable to write about like i almost get like this lightheaded kind of like like i can feel the the thoughts coming out of my head like do you know mm. um was it some sense of catharsis or relief from the fact that maybe you put it to words i guess yeah, but the like the fact that like if if it's good, I know it like whether people understand what I'm saying live or not is a different story. But like if if it's good, I know it will go out there in some form, and like it will be heard by someone. Uh, so it's just the fact that like it's not just with me now; it's mm. it's somewhere else. Uh, that's like the like the yeah like the I keep we keep coming back to this word release, but it is just like the pure release of that is the thing that I like the most about it. And uh, Adam and Charlie, what about yourselves? You go next. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to articulate. I think there's kind of like two sort of prongs to it for me. The first thing is just the fact that when we write music, it's just entirely what we want to make. We are only writing what we want to do. So like everything that I come up with or we, we play, it's just what I want to do. So like that's when I'm at my absolute happiest is when I'm just playing something I created and that I wanted to create like it's what I want to do like I've had a few different jobs in the past like working in like working in bars or like working in coffee shops and like I can get good at those I can enjoy those things even to an extent but like playing music it's just it feels right kind of is the best way I can sort of put it and like no I get that another thing is like I love I do enjoy going to gigs and like watching other people perform music but I never enjoy like watching another gig as much as I enjoy just playing a gig because there's just I don't know something about playing it and yeah playing it to people is just it's the it's the best feeling in the world I suppose yeah I, I don't know what it feels like but I would imagine it feels yeah. pretty amazing <laughs> especially seeing that reaction off like what like 50 100 people in a room just smashing into each other based on your drum yeah. rhythms and stuff it, it it's must feel satisfying <laughs> yeah. seeing, seeing someone's jaw drop <laughs> it doesn't always happen but like when it does like ha <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> i actually i remember one of like one of my favorite moments from doing a show was in that bundoran show um because of like the conversation we'd had and stuff beforehand about like oh jesus are we going to do this song because like is this going to land in the crowd when the crowd kind of like started taking off and stuff i got like normally adam is very stoic and stone-faced when he's drumming he's just <laughs> very like 
he's concentrating and he's going to do the parts perfectly um, and you do but I got this lovely moment of being like Adam is just looking down and I like, concentrating and I was like I kind of looked at him I was like look out at the crowd and he just like looks up but I was like facing him so my back was to the crowd and I was looking at him and I just caught his eye looking into the crowd and seeing a mosh pit in this room in Bundoran and then just this huge beautiful smile pop up <laughs> just like this huge grin of like That's oh my lovely. god what? <laughs> yeah. one of the best parts about that was not just like our fear before going on stage like will people like us but like my brother uh, and my cousin and my cousin's boyfriend who's like also like a friend of a friend were there as well and like they hadn't seen us for like a good two years like, oh, yeah. but long before we'd written half the music we have now they hadn't heard like how intense it can get so i was also like specifically looking at them just seeing them start the mosh pit and like having this absolute whale of a time was just wonderful <laughs> sick and charlie what about yourself um what the question was what's the wording again so what is what it about do you love most you about the art you make right um nothing no, um, <laughs> <laughs> i hate Shit. it um, misanthropy <laughs> yeah. um so like within my own work in music i do a lot of um session work and i really really enjoy it like i play a lot of bass for a lot of different people and i kind of produce music as well and like i feel like i wear a lot of different hats but i mm. feel so at home in the band because it's been like something we've done for so long at this point that like it, there's just a comfortability that's there that i really really enjoy and on top of that similar to what adam was saying is like it's our own thing and we get to do whatever we want with it like I, i'm never like doing something to like fulfill somebody else's artistic vision as much as like it's all internal and it's all of ours and it's always like what we want to do with our own music and i've really enjoyed that process um i also really love like the whole thing of like because i do a lot of work with other people and like all of the music i normally do very much follows a rule book and there's like a kind of set like okay this song is saying this and this bass part needs this or this arrangement maybe should go in this way because it kind of fits the genre and the vibe and the style and all of this stuff with this it's great because it's just like we do what we want i guess <laughs> like there, there is no rule book it's very much like mm. you can kind of do whatever you want and get away with it the important part is making it sound consistent and giving it a reason for why it is the way it is which is what i really enjoy is that like it's uh it's quite challenging because it's like you're constantly like foraging to make stuff fit together and work but it's so satisfying putting in so much time um in the process of refining songs um for this style of music because it's never easy to get it from a to b it's like mm. i don't think any of our songs come together like like that they have once or yeah. twice it's rare but like most of the time it's like a, a very meticulous process of mm. refining especially with the more recent stuff too but um it's great like doing that and having it be ours i guess is what i would say yeah i think it's even like that like aspect of it is even uh improved i would say or like you know it's become a lot more apparent in the last like i'm gonna say like a year um because we're very much writing like like music just to our own tastes or like mm. to like like stuff that like we don't know if anyone else is going to enjoy this, but we make sound and we're just like, Haha, that's really stupid. Let's <laughs> it put tickles that our brains. And it tickles. It does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just do, we're, do, we're doing stuff like purely for ourselves at this point. Like if other people like it and we do hope that other people like it, obviously. Um, but like we would never, at this stage anyways, we never go into writing a song being like, 
people will like it if we do this. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's always like a that sounds really messed up. Let's put that in the sound. <laughs> yeah. There might be like a consideration or two, you know, where we're kind of thinking about like say um we've been playing a lot with dynamics in the past, kind of the newer material and stuff. Um because we really want to do that thing like Mogwai do of getting you that kind of perceived loudness sort of thing. Um and kind of nailing that so we've been kind of looking at like writing certain sections in songs so that they flow better in the context of a set or like in the context of an ep or something so that you kind of get a bit of like dynamic range and stuff like that yeah i think that's the only time we write for like we write if we write to anybody else that isn't our taste it's for the energy of a crowd yeah Mm. yeah um yeah it's like funny like we've always struggled with like uh what genre is nerves or something like that or like yeah. trying to like like years ago like trying to like fit into like boxes or like are they a post-punk band are they this kind of band or are they that kind of band it's like it's we're kind of very firmly in our we're not like we're, we're our own thing we're like mm. we're not trying to uh fit anyone's requirements of what is like a band with our particular lineup and our particular um setup should be we're just a we're band. just we're just doing some goofy stuff with some cool <laughs> drums on it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's how it works. That's with the new What our music is like goofy. Yeah, goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, I, I've kept you for way too long. Uh, yeah, we're way good. we're way over time. Oh god! But uh, thank time. you so much for coming. It really is a pleasure. Our this pleasure. is the part where uh, if you want to plug anything, just at the end, if you have any show or or anything like that, merch, whatever. Uh, we have not announced. Did but there? We do still have some T-shirts left. For we sale. do actually have some only smalls yeah. and a few demo tapes. We announced that show will be here. Doesn't matter. We might as well. I mean, anybody well, listening to this coming out is going to care. So I don't Friday. know. Friday. Friday. Yeah, uh, bad on Friday. Yeah, we might That's as well. the plan we anyway. <laughs> we have a headline show in the Racket Space on August twenty fifth. Yeah. Awesome. So Where? We'll where's the, the Racket Space? Where's that? That is the basement of the Bernard Shaw. Yeah. Oh, class. In oh, Pittsburgh, be yeah. Fucking, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's very much a space that's like not really for bands, which I kind of is that not like kind of a DJ spot normally. Yeah, it, it tends to be, yeah. but the room is it's a cool room. There's a good sound there, and I think we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be like, class. It'll it'll fit All into right. with, with what we're doing at the moment. It'll fit. It'll it'll make sense. I think. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Awesome. All right, Laszlo, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an it's been Thanks really having an absolute pleasure. No worries. Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate no problem. it. So that's the end of the episode. Just want to give a quick thank you again to Kyle, Adam, and Charlie for coming on. It really was an absolute pleasure having them. I thought that episode came out really, really well. I really loved my time recording it. Uh, they're lovely lads. Make sure to check them out. I will have links in my description for you know all the videos that we chatted about, their band camp. I think they still have their EP up on tape and some t-shirts left over as well. So get that and get some tickets to see them live in August. But uh, yeah, if you like that episode and want to hear more just like it, please give the podcast a follow. That genuinely does really help me out. You have no idea. And if you want to be really kind, you can leave me a review. Or even if you just want to check out, um, I update quite regularly on Instagram, sometimes Twitter and Facebook. But uh, yeah, that's all for this week. Thank you again so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope we get the lovely weather for this week and hope you have a lovely week. Goodbye.